cliffcentral.com. Well, yeah. uh, we do want to be over certain things by tomorrow, and the person to help us figure all this out is Dr. Hanan. So what I thought we would do this morning, and I did kind of indicate on Friday that we wanted you to start participating live with us on the show, is we'll take your issues, your questions, your situations, your problems, and put them straight to Dr. Hanan and let him try to solve them this morning. So if you've got something that's on your mind, and I started the ball rolling on Friday by talking about how some people are very depressed at the moment, and for good reason. Um, and some people are feeling a little bit um, edgy. Some people are feeling like, you know, life is not, not exactly going their way right at the moment. So we're going to ask you right now to put your questions to Dr. Hanan. Anything that's on your mind, you can let us know, and you can address him directly. I'll either read your question to him if you send us a comment, or if you'd like to, you can email us. Either way, comments at uh, sorry, contact at cliffcentral.com. And we'll ask Dr. Hanan this morning. And, uh, you know, as I said on Friday, I don't know if you heard this, but if you didn't, I'll give you a very brief pre-pricey. It's the middle of winter. Um, we've had load shedding, which makes it very difficult for people to just live their lives. A lot of people are very, very concerned, and rightly so, over the price of everything. I mean, living is more expensive now than ever before. And all of this combines to lay a pretty awful foundation, even for the most optimistic people. And I'm just scratching the surface with those three issues. There are many, many more. Mm. You know, people are going through a tough time. We've just had two and a half years of coronavirus and lockdowns, and that's obviously impacted on people very badly. So if you're feeling a bit down, you're not the only one. The reason I brought this up on Friday was I mentioned three different people who have just three people who I know personally who are not like down people. They're usually very upbeat and optimistic. And I said, the three of them have been honest about the fact that they're really struggling at the moment. Life is not good. They're feeling quite down. And I thought, well, it's probably not just them. And if you're feeling that way, maybe you want to get involved too. So let's see what Dr. Hanan has got for us this morning. And we'll obviously put any situation, question, issue, uh, relationship problem, uh, mental health question that you may have. And we'll ask Dr. Hanan if he can solve them right here, right now. Send us a comment on YouTube and we will put it straight across to the doctor. Hey, Doc, you're outside. Hey, guys. Uh, how's this for dedication to the cause? I'm actually away. I'm in Dahlstrom. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Can I just make you jealous for two seconds? Mm -hmm. wow. Oh, man, that's beautiful. But it is cold, right? That place is freezing. It is freezing, so I couldn't be inside the house. I mean, it's just chaos there, so I had to come outside. It feels like two or three degrees. It is cold. But it looks amazing. All right, we, <laughs> love, we love the change of scenery. So, Doc, this morning we're going to take people's questions, and we're going to try and um, answer and, and help deal with their questions this morning in whichever way, shape, or form they roll in. But I just wanted to start off with your, your basic comments on the way that you – a lot of people are circumstantially – quite down at the moment and for all kinds of good reasons i mentioned it in the intro you know we've got a lot to deal with in south africa right now in the world right now a lot of people don't feel particularly good at this time of year um, a lot of people are a little bit down uh, the the electricity situation doesn't help there's obviously plenty of good reasons for people to feel not so optimistic even though they might be optimistic people the rest of the time so if you're one of those people who generally is quite optimistic and happy 
and you've hit the skids a little bit. What kind of mental tricks can you do to get yourself out of that and to get yourself back on track and to, to start doing stuff that fills you up with positivity and energy and gets you going in the morning? So, you know what, um, if you look around you, the truth is um, there's a lot of things to be frustrated or to feel frustrated about. There are a lot of things to grieve. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things to be angry about. But there's also some things to be grateful for, too. Gareth, you and I have discussed this many times on this show and on your TV show, the law of focused intent. Mm -hmm. And I cannot stress this enough, especially at this time. When, if I had to ask you as an experiment, let's say I met you here in Dahlstrom and you drove all the way here and I said to you, as you arrived, how many red cars did you see on the road? Mm. You would go, red cars? I can't even think of one. But on the other hand, if I asked you on the way here, just to be aware of all the red cars that you see, you'll probably pick 100, 150 on the way here. Yeah. You didn't attract red cars. Red cars were always there. But the fact that you were focused and intentional about it allowed it to come into awareness. What you focused on and what you're intentional about is what appears. Now, there's nothing, there's no magic about it. I'm actually, um, I'm not for, and I don't believe in the this concept of the law of focused intent. Uh, the biggest, the biggest load of nonsense ever. You know, we don't attract things. But what we are, what happens the moment we are intentional about something, it just comes into consciousness because we look for it. So people say, Bukhanan, there is bad in the world, and here's the truth. There are a lot of blue cars too, and there's a lot of pink cars, and a lot of green cars. There are, but the fact that you're acknowledging that or looking for the red cars doesn't, doesn't reject the fact that other cars exist too. But what you're saying is I choose to focus on the things that are good for me and that I can control. Right. So in real life, in real life, I wake up in the morning, and I need to be very intentional about what I'm going to look for. So I can wake up in the morning and go, why does my life suck? Well, if I do that, I will pick up all the reasons of why my life sucks versus why am I the luckiest person in the world? And never mind that, where are the opportunities? If I ask the right questions, I get the right answer. So the answers that you get from life are heavily dependent on the questions that you ask. So yes, all the things to complain about, Absolutely no question, the blue cars exist. But I urge everybody to wake up and live with intention and ask the right question. Be intentional and focus on the things that you want to see as opposed to let life dictate for you. One more thing that are just in line with that. My favorite quote of all time is, if you're not the chess player of your life, you're a pawn in someone else's. If you're not intentional about what you want to create for your life, You'll just live at somebody else's intent. Period. There's no, you don't have a choice of kind of like winging it and not living at somebody's intent. If you wing it, you will live at somebody else's chess game. Period. That's a very good way of looking at it. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> quick follow up here. Um, and this is from something we've discussed previously on the show. Samantha says, panic. What do I do in the middle of a major panic attack, doc? Sure. Yeah. So. Let's define anxiety and panic. People think panic is a fight or flight. Mm -hmm. It is not. Anxiety is a fight or flight is when your head and your body is ready to fight from a particular danger or flight from a particular danger. 
panic is when you're in fight or flight and feel stuck. It's very important because the moment you understand the mechanism of panic, you'll be able to deal with it. Panic is when you are in an anxious state and feel stuck. So, for example, if I'm in a room and a lion pops up, naturally I will get into a fight or flight. I need to survive and fight the lion or, in this case, run away. Yeah. But imagine a situation where I'm in a fight or flight, but now the doors are locked, the windows are locked, I cannot escape. My brain immediately feel stuck. And the moment my brain feels stuck, it actually goes against what our human nature, which is survival, and then panic sets in. So there are two ways to actually deal with panic attack. The, the Let's call it the long-term way, is to develop the mechanism, the principles, the structures that ensures that you never feel stuck, that you always know that there is an exit, that there is an, a way to get out, that there is a way to fix the situation, that you will be okay. Everything will be okay. Now, it's not as simple as just saying everything will be okay, but it's an attitude, we call it an unconditional attitude of strength, knowing that whatever happens, it will work out. Um, maybe it's a good time to, we should do a much a longer segment of this, but my favorite, uh, probably a thinker, one of my favorite thinkers of all time is a guy by the name of Viktor Frankl. Mm, Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust uh, survivor, and he wrote a, back, uh, a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And in his book, he chronicles the experiences in the camp, and he says he found a really, a really interesting common denominator amongst the ones that survived and thrived in the camp as, a, as opposed to the ones that didn't. Right. He found that a lot of strong men did not make it, but a lot of weak men survived. Uh, emotionally survived and coped. And he wondered how come. And he found that the ones that survived had what we call an unconditional attitude of strength. So he tells a story and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll allude to this a little bit more or I'll, I'll double click on this in a second. But he found, he tells a story of families being led into the gas chambers on the way there, even though they knew that they were going to die on the way they were singing and dancing. And he said, Everything can be taken of a man except the last of all human freedoms, the freedom to choose one's own attitude. The universe can bind your hands, it can bind your feet, it can take everything away from you, but it, what it can't do is take away your attitude at any given moment. Now, what does attitude mean? Attitude, what is it? It sounds a little bit airy-fairy. The moment I define attitude as follows, it changed my life completely, and I hope it will do the same thing to some, some of you. Attitude is defined as a commitment to how this story ends. A commitment to how the story ends. So a story is any challenge that you're going through, and it's up to you to choose how that story will end for you. And my favorite thing, and the thing that I mean, we'll talk about it in more detail, I guess, as we as the show has kind of progressed. But my favorite thing is knowing that everything is going to be okay, period. Well, Everything is going to be okay. I that, can't control the external world, but what I can control is my commitment to how this, my story ends. And something magical happens when you have that attitude is that you never feel stuck. The moment I know that everything is going to be okay, I never feel this is the end of the book because it's just what I believe is it is a line in a chapter in a greater book and the story continues. And when you don't feel stuck, you never get into a panic state. So that's a real method. And by the way, of course, this is very high level. Mm. 
But as you commit to an unconditional attitude of strength, knowing that everything is going to be okay, you will never in your life have a panic attack. But very quickly, I know I'm, uh, perhaps other questions. But in the moment, if you're having a panic attack, change your physiology. So the, the first part, the unconditional attitude of strength, right. is how you deal with it forever. That's a never panic attacks again. But if you want to deal with it in the moment, change your physiology. Go and the best thing that I can offer is go lower your body temperature down. The the quickest way to eliminate anxiety and panic is to lower your body temperature down. For anxiety to be created, your body temperature has to go up. There's no ways you can have anxiety and body temperature plummets. So if we can lower your, your body temperature, then we lower eliminate your anxiety. So in other words, if I lock you somebody in those walk-in freezers that you get at the liquor store mm-hmm. um, and lower their body temperature, you can't have a panic attack. It's impossible to have a panic attack. So now I'm freezing. It feels like, as I said, two degrees here. Yes, I'm cold, but there's no ways I can have a panic. It's impossible to have a panic attack if you're cold. So lower body temperature. So That's interesting. So a cold shower, go grab a bag of ice, a uh, bag of uh, we'll grab a, yeah. peace, put it at the back of your neck or on your top of your head, lower your body temperature. That's in the immediate. Yeah, I mean, the last thing you want to do is put Leanne in the freezer at the liquor store because that will result in exactly the opposite. I definitely won't panic. <laughs> but, but that's amazing. Yeah. That, I didn't realize like everything that, is going to be okay. <laughs> listen, I mean, we, exactly. So we call this thing uh, that we do with you on a Monday, everything's going to be okay. Because obviously, when you're in any situation, you think, oh my God, this is the end. Uh, this is the worst. This is, it's not going to get any better. I'm in a disastrous place. Everything's going to be okay is not just uh, some kind of mantra that, uh, you know, people say when they're feeling a bit down. Like it really makes sense because you get your whole brain figuring things out differently when you say so- exactly. something like that to yourself. And, and I love this idea of lowering your body temperature, but I mean, what would that actually mean? Having a cold shower? What is that, Leanne? What do you got going on there? This is. A quote that I have on my desk at all times. Believe in yourself Believe and in yourself. all that you are. Know that there is something inside you that is greater than any obstacle. Oh, wow. Okay. Brilliant. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Exactly. Now, if you That's hold on to I that, it. it's impossible yeah. to have a panic attack. Impossible. Because then you don't feel stuck. Because you know it's in continuation to something else. You're, and you're right, Gareth. What happens is you get your brain into a mode of, if it's going to be okay, there must be a way out. And I must now get into the mode of figuring it out. Yeah. I, I'm talking about sayings. Um, I saw this great one over the weekend, which I really liked. I think I even put it on my Twitter, or, or, or not Twitter, but uh, Instagram. Self-pity is easily the most destructive of non-pharmaceutical mar- narcotics. It is addictive, gives momentary pleasure, and separates the victim from reality. Do you agree with that, that self-pity is a drug? Oh, absolutely. L- listen. Uh, people, people think that by blaming themselves, oh my God, I can't, I can't get to from point A to point B because of my depression, because of my ADHD, because I'm anxious, because of my mom when I was six. Yeah. They think that that gives them any leverage or right to stay stuck. But all it does, it gives you the leverage and right to get stuck. That's all it does. Yeah. So I don't, I don't like mm-hmm. the blame. I like the, I don't like the self blame or the self pity. It gets you moving from point A and staying in point A. So, okay, uh, lowering your body temperature, how do we practically do this except, except strip off our clothes in winter and go outside in Dahlstrom? I mean, what if, you, what if you're in the middle of summer and you, what, you jump in the pool? Do you, you have a cold shower? Do you, uh, do you put ice on the back of your neck? All of those things. Exactly. If you're on a plane, you know, so people say to me, I have a fear of flying, what do I do on the plane? Just ask for a cold glass of water, some ice, put in a packet, put it at the back of your neck, on your head, extremities, hands, feet, that will lower your body temperature down. 
Great stuff. Mm. All right, some seriously practical information this morning. I'm sorry we don't have time for any others because there are lots of other questions coming in. And um, it's always good, Doc. And I hope you'll enjoy your little uh, break in Dahlstrom. I'm glad to see even you take a break because I know how busy you are. You have client after client after client most days. So this is very, very good. It's uh, nice to see you're also doing Thank some, you guys. some nice self-care. You. All right, Dr. Hanan Bushkin, everybody. We will see him again next Monday for more. Cliffcentral.com.